Once upon a time. Once upon a time, Lord. I had a best friend, and her name was Donna Noble. A time lord and a human. And we traveled the stars together. Sometimes I have dreams about impossible things. I dream of creatures and adventures and faraway skies. But none of it's true. Donna saved the entire universe by taking the power of the Time Lords into her mind at a terrible cost. Binary, 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 binary. She had to forget everything she ever knew. Goodbye. No, no, no. She had to forget me. Please, no, no, no. Because if Donna ever remembers me, she will die. And now I've got a nice life with a nice fella and a nice house and the most beautiful daughter in the world. Rose! What? Rose! But I just think something's missing. I can never see Donna again. Now the days are drawing in. I keep having more and more dreams. I don't believe in destiny, but if destiny exists, then it is heading for Donna. I won't be the one who kills her. Like something's getting closer. But now this face has come back. Why? It's like a storm in the air. To break. I think the story hasn't ended yet. I fell from the stars. I'm not safe. There are others from the sky. They're hunting me down to kill me. Who are they? Monsters. Leave him! It is the meat we seek. How to hell with this? The whole of London town burnt as fuel. There's nine million people. A great day for meat cows. And the start of a new reign of terror as Amita returns to the stars for revenge. You'll die. My daughter is down. It's not just for us. It's nine million people. Look at me. I do. Why does it have to be this? You were beaten by the Doctor, Donna. Meet Meep and welcome back to Who Do You Think You Are, the Doctor Who retrospective on best film ever. I'm Ethan the Meep. Jeez, I knew you'd find a way to meet this up. Um, Hell yeah. My, uh, returning from an absence, looking just as stylish as he did the first time he Hell was yeah. here. My name's Ian. And we are here to do episode one of the 360th specials the star beast uh we're recording this the the, the the afternoon after after it aired i've now seen it like two and a half times which is fun 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 for me uh how, how are you feeling uh the, the evening after Ian? it was weird i came home i was uh out for some uh beverages and a catch-up with some friends uh, i'd actually went and saw napoleon with liam in the afternoon right into stuff with some friends and then came home and went uh all right, I'll take a look and see and see how long <laughs> this thing is. Because I heard the word special and went, oh, it's going to be an hour and a half, isn't it? I was very pleased to see it was 56 minutes. And, oh, uh, it, it brought joy to my heart. Yeah, and then it turned it on. And uh, yeah, and so I watched it last night before I went to bed. So uh, hmm. I felt pretty good to go. I could wake up and go, hey, I've got it already in the can. Life's pretty good there. So uh, yeah, I'm feeling all right. Yeah, it feels like a lot of people have seemed to watch this. They released the um, the the viewing figures by the time this airs on. It'll be Monday when this comes out. I've no idea if it will change. It's about like five and a half to six million. So it's like this. It's the number one uh, viewed episode of a drama on British TV, 
and that's without all your your Disney Plus stuff, and that's like 100, what, 137 countries or whatever. So is that include? So is that live, or is that including BBC iPlayer stuff? That's that's last. So like watching it live. So like oh wow, me, okay, me and all that. So, so I, I don't know if it include me because I watched it on iPlayer, so I could see it in 4K like when it was airing. But yeah. I'm, I'm assuming I count in that sort of bracket of watching it live. I would assume that would be the case. Yeah, you're yep. just. It's not an on-demand repeat viewing. It's how do people watch it at the time? Um, yeah, and then I think the seven-day figures, which is an iPlayer and all that, will come out. I think this time next week. So, and I think it's worth mentioning for our, our, our U.S. or global listeners that you know, uh, five and a half, six million is a really quite a large, um, a large viewing audience in this country mm. the um, highest viewing of last night was uh it, it followed doctor who and that was strictly come dancing which is like our dancing with the stars type thing and that was that was about seven million so it's it's a sizable chunk of yeah. like your average viewing for especially for a saturday night in the uk i'd be really interested to take a look and see what um what jody whitaker's final episode did or what jody whitaker's first episode did i think jody's first was about eight or ten million it was it was like a decent chunk but then that that slumps a lot because obviously the first regeneration you always get like a large audience and then they they peter off i think i want to say power was like six or seven so it's around about that bracket wow it did yeah yeah, yeah. it uh 10.96 million viewers for her debut that's that, that doesn't surprise me i think that's is wow. that more i think that's more than capaldi yeah um, i think the lowest was like just under three mil for her penultimate episode but again that's Easter Sunday. No one really watch it. Like, is they're either out or doing something on Easter Sunday, and it's eight o'clock. Kids are getting ready for school or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, taking a look here. Her last episode did five point three. Okay, okay. Um, that's power of a doctor. Yeah, and then Sea Devils did three point four seven. But it's kind of like when you left the car, we gave you the car. What was the condition mm. of it? And when you gave the car back, how bad have you dinged it up? And uh, I think Mr. Chibnall and Ms. Whitaker dinged the car up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, which, which is a shame. Because um, obviously we, we did Power of the Doctor last week. Where, where were you in anticipation-wise for, for this go, going in? This was appointment TV. Like, I had to watch mm. this. I mean, the minute you say 10... That's why I was so big on pushing for 10. And the minute you say tenant, mm. it's appointment viewing. Um, he hasn't done anything to try and... You know, he's always been a friend to, to Doctor Who. He never yeah. talks poorly of it. Uh, he never, you know, would go, yes, nerd. he wouldn't treat it like it was like, yes, I used to do the little kid stuff, but now I'm yeah. a grown up. Like he always <laughs> held it in some sort of regard. Yeah. His star has only gotten brighter, but he hasn't done that thing where he's become Americanized. So he's still one of us. Yeah. If I can use the the collective pronoun us to include myself <laughs> in, in in that for, 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 for the British folk. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, thank you. Uh, so... Yes, as a result, the idea of David Tennant back in the TARDIS, that's just like, I mean, it puts us in the, in, in the footsteps of Donald Noble. He's a friend that we have to make sure we go visit when he's in town. Mm. So, yeah, my, my, my anticipation was, was, was like a nine. Like, I was really looking forward to this. Mm. I, was, I, was at, I was at a, like a high point because uh, it comes out the 25th of November and two days before it's Doctor Who Day. And that was the, you know, they're announcing all the stuff, showing some footage and we're like, oh, wow, that looks cool. And then they they air a colorization of uh, the Daleks from 1963. And that was crazy because, you know, black and white and they've been able to colorize it and edit it down to 75 minutes. That was cool. 
And then I sent I sent you a message and it was kind of like sarcastic about how I felt about it. But no, I got excited. Uh, there was a bio biopic uh, 10 years ago for the 50th about um, William Hartnell, played by David Bradley, who would then play the first Doctor again. Finch. Finch. And uh, I, I never remember his his mean old name from Game of Thrones. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and the way it ends is obviously William Hartnell's sad that he's about to leave and he's filming his final scene and he looks over and because this is 2013. Matt Smith sort of appears almost like some kind of apparition because it's the end of Matt Smith's tenure and they're kind of in the same uh, boat of that. And it's this uh, sort of similar, like, brothers in arms of look at the legacy that you've created and everyone going on. Uh, but because they had to edit the episode, the, the film, because they can't show the first ever episode because of rights issues, that's not whatever um they re-edited it to uh, remove that but also they changed who the person is because it's 10 years later matt smith's still in around so we have uh, it, uh the first televised appearance of shooting at was doctor on bbc4 at like half nine but it was nice because it shows the lineage of the show look what look what you inspire and that was cool that was nice it was a, i'd say it was a gift for the doctor who fans who were watching bbc4 to watch that colorization that was like your special treat for the Uber fans. And it blew up. And Doctor Who, uh, fun fact, it's the first time I've seen it trending at number one in, oh my God, so long. I will say this. I asked one of my classes, are any of you watching Doctor Who this weekend? Mm. Not one hand went up. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So, um, you know, like, I wonder if it'd be different if we were, in a, if I was in a city, I wonder if it'd be different if my school was a bit more middle class. Mm. than it is uh, i think both those things might tie in more closely to the doctor who uh audience um walter frey by the way is the name ah uh, that was it that yeah. was it um yeah oh well, I, well i'm well, I, I gotta pause here i gotta compliment yeah. you ethan i mean i listen which which it, it's, it's a very rare thing so let's <laughs> um i was listening to uh who do you think you are uh for the power of a doctor and yeah. the the work you do on those openings is uh it's my favorite part of the of, of the show oh so we just shouldn't even record he's just let you record no i just little. do like i'll just a little, little audio montage and then yeah. i'll be I'll, I'll just go give a number at the end yeah no no it's a uh <laughs> It's no, no, no. It's it's it, it, it's really really good, and the stuff you do and how you layer the sound, it's it's it, it's it's fantastic. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. So, um, I say things like that now. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're probably we're probably good to sort of. Uh, I, I just felt like just sort of saying that mm. before we got in, because I don't want to forget that I did make a note. I was driving yeah. the car, going, "This is this is this is fantastic work." So, well done. Um. Yeah, I think we're probably ready to. Uh, I'm going to hand the keys to Vitardis back over to you. You, you, you drive. Wonderful. So, uh, the Star Beast, written by uh, Russell T Davies and inspired by the work by Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons, because this is inspired by a comic from 1980, and we'll we'll delve into that in a, a little bit of time. So, we have the 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 new ident, the Hooniverse ident. How do you feel about this? Because this is very much your your branding. Because you, you Disney Plus, look at this new era, a new streaming era. I meeping hated this thing. Oh, you're not alone. Hated I think most people this. hate it because it's it's every it's every it was there it was there for the Daleks colorization. It's oh. there for Tales of the Tardis. It's there for um, the behind the scenes show called uh, Unleashed. It's for oh, I bloody hate it. 
I like the leading of the first image is Shudigawa. I'm like, it's, yeah. it's good that we know he's coming. That's the idea. He's, and we're not playing any punches here. You're getting tenant for three. That's what you're getting. And yeah. then we're moving on to Shudi. Um, <sighs> the music doesn't feel Doctor Who, if that makes no, sense. No, it feels Disney. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the way the TARDIS leaves like a little streak behind. I think that's cool. That's the only part I like about it. Oh. The thing that uh, and they, they they say they're going to be changing it, so we'll see different different like companions and doctors and whatever throughout. So that's that's cool. I like that Missy's there in the O for now, but uh, I I, yeah. I I always skip it. I'm skipping it every time. Yeah, I didn't. I think Hooniverse is this thing that sounds cool if it's if it's chat between the fans. The minute it becomes corporate branding, you just go twitchy and go. Yeah, I've I've been using who Hooniverse has been like that thing they're using like the magazines because it's a fan driven magazine yep. and all that. But I I've been wondering what we call this era because this this is officially a new era of Doctor Who. Jody's final episode was the final of New Who or the revive. This is the this sellout is the, era. The Hooniverse era, I guess. I am, I am, I'm a little concerned about spinoffs and I'm whatever. I'm but... very curious to see how much of its Britishness Doctor Who if it gets ebbed away. I am, yeah. I trust, I trust, I trust Russell. I'm like a little, little teary right now, but I'm, I'm still like, I'm gonna see where Russell. this goes. Yeah, yeah, I do trust Russell. But he, how long is he driving the bus for? That yeah exactly. Yeah. I hope I th I said I think I think he's staying as like the Feige of it all. But again, how there's he's like there was a word like sixty two. I don't even remember what the word was. There was a word used, and I went, "Oh, that's the American version of that word, not the British version of that word." And I was oh like, God. "Oh, it's beginning, drat." <laughs> so we open our episode with uh, a recap of series four and Donna Noble with the worst green oh, screen vivid. And my heart sunk. I went, oh, both, both my heart sank. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh no, out of all million the ways, dollar budget. Out of all the ways you could have done this, and it wasn't even the green screen, which was bad enough. It was the, the I'm not directly sure, this, to the camera. Is this the best use of David Tennant, a, a classically trained Shakespearean actor, like a guy who's who's skilled in the act of emoting off of other characters, and we're just gonna have him talk to a camera? And who? Once upon a time, like once upon a time, Lord. Like it used to just be a voiceover over like footage of a city on. or something yeah. that would have been fine or had someone go the doctor didn't realize that today would be even like that's that's part of who but this mm. was like i don't know why he's speaking and who's she talking to she got a laptop in front of her but who's she speaking to i have no idea and i know this is like obviously this isn't part of the canon but it's just, it just felt very like tacked on this was the biggest wet fart to start this episode off yeah with. it's it's such a shame um i I I think as well everything they say here is is explained to us in detail for the next forty minutes. I know you want to save the reveal of Wilf. Yeah. I do. What if this was him telling the story to his crotchety old people in his home? And they oh, I would think, love that. And Bring so a he's mini. and so he's and, and so and so he's the voiceover guy. I and think, then it reveals, like and they're like, yeah, we've heard it before. And then it's nah, just the, would have been fine. Right, as opposed to just two people just talking at the camera. David Tennant in, like, a very stock image pose being like, and Donna took the mind of it. Like, if you don't remember, 
We we did the episode on it. Donna touched the regenerating hand of the doctor, which we really said we're not really that big on because it felt a bit whatever. And it gave her the mind of a time lord, and it burnt her mind because all that. And the doctor had to wipe her mind to stop that. And now we're gonna find out what's gonna happen next. I kind of don't like it as well because they're showing footage of future episodes here because that's a uh, it's a scene of Rose that we've not seen uh, in this episode yet. So good to know uh, that's coming. Oh, okay. Yeah, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> but the important part, without without that recap and grudging, got new titles and a new theme. What do you think? Because I really, I really like this this theme and the, the titles. It's very pretty. Oh, see, I'm very torn. Ooh, the theme. I'm okay with. I th- I wanted to go back. I didn't get a chance to do it. I wanted to go back and listen mm. to Ten's theme, or 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 at least one of the um one of the seasons that he did, one of yeah. the series. And listen to those themes and listen to this and hear how much of this is a hybrid, which is why I think it probably is, of of one of his series and then with some new stuff on top of. It's it's uh, It feels like a mesh of, because they, they released this uh, for the Doctor Who concert last month, so I've been kind of listening to it in my free time a lot. It's a mesh of every single theme, which is nice. Like that, there's a piano trill, which is... Um, from the eighth doctor movie which is great to hear they've got all these different layers and i i, I like it for, for a 60th anniversary i hope they kind of keep some variants of it but like for a 60th anniversary i think it's a nice way of incorporating every theme throughout and they brought the middle eight back i love the middle eight that oh i love that part but yeah i I like the visuals. The visuals are very pretty. I hated the visuals. Oh, no. I always kind of liked the idea that we we were always just sort of following the TARDIS in a static follow shot. Mm. We we were sort of always done that, right? Yeah. And this one does the opposite. We cut to the side and we see it floating from right to left. And I'm like, what? What is this? I really like it. But again, it's just... It's so pretty and poppy, and I love this. Like the the space of it, they show a lot of scope to it, and I appreciate that. There's really cool zoom in of the uh, of the TARDIS. I'm I'm a sucker for. I'm like a little baby with keys being jangled in his face. But no, I I really like the, the graphics. Look really pretty. I'll say that because yeah. of the the sort of uh, the, the the chirons and the titles. And, yeah. uh, here, you know, Christopher uh, Christopher Eccleston. Jeez, David said it. <laughs> what do you know that I don't? Yeah, know? that's 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 my next big prediction. <laughs> uh, and then obviously we get the titles: The Star Beast by RTD and adapted from by so and so. I'll put my cards on the table here. This is from a comic from 1980 in the Doctor Who magazine when it was still called Doctor Who Weekly of the same name, the Star Beast. It was a fourth Doctor adventure. And I read this when I was 12. And ever since Beep the Meep was announced in those set photos back in May last year, I have kept that secret to my goddamn chest. Yeah, good for because- you. Yeah, my girlfriend's full and fell in love with Beep the Meep, and I've had to go for a year and a half being like, I can't, I can't tell you a, a thing, because I know in a in a, in a in a glorious like thirty minutes, the most wonderful thing is going to happen, and I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Yep. But <clears throat> honestly, I'm you know I'm second guessing myself as well throughout the episode, going, no, oh, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't do it, do that exactly, and whatever. But London. The TARDIS lands in Camden Town and outsteps the 14th Doctor with a hell of a swagger on his step and 
Meet David Tennant, playing the Doctor for the first time. He's been a Doctor Who fan since he was a child, and he even collected the Doctor Who weekly magazine and read uh, this comic and got the two writers who were on set one day to sign his issue of Doctor Who Weekly, which is very sweet. No, this is this is like his one billionth time playing the Doctor, as we know. He's been the tenth Doctor for God knows how long. He's been playing him in audio for forever. He came back ten years ago. He's he's back again. That's as the, the fourteen. Thi- yeah, he did come back ten years ago, and he's always yeah. been the guy who respects and comes back and goes, "Yeah, I'll do a yeah. bit of that. Yeah, I'll do a bit of that." Um, yeah, I was wondering how 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 seamlessly he could fall back into the uh, into the character. And uh, I think the answer is quite quite seamlessly. Um, it's interesting because I, I feel there's a bit of a difference between uh, 14 and 10 because obviously he's been playing 10 still in audio for, for God knows how many years. He released an audio like, I think, three days ago, which probably been recorded in February. And there is a bit of a difference between how he plays 10 to this. It's like the tiniest, it's just like a bit more aged and... Well, I think 10 had a sadness about him, which I didn't see so much of in 14. But you also couldn't have him come back for the 60th and be like, I'm sad all the time. Yeah. But no. the joy in that. No, I saw that. And it also helps that we were were bringing back arguably his greatest companion, uh, depending on how you want to view things. It was the one where there was never a romantic entanglement, if you will. The most um, enjoyable, like, fun. The, ba- the, the back and forth, the banter. Yeah. The, 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 the companion didn't just look at him with doe eyes. This was like, yeah. yeah. So that allows Tennant to do what Tennant does best and therefore maybe helps him put it on like a pair of old shoes because Tennant and, mm-hmm. and um, um, oh Captain my word. Tate. Captain Tate, thank you. Yeah. Um, th- they've continued to collaborate since yeah. Doctor Who. Like, when I, when I they fa- are best friends, yeah. which helps. When, when, yeah. when, when I went and saw... Um, Richard II, and David Tennant was the lead in that. Uh, we stayed for as long as we could until the trains were going to like leave for the last time from London. But apparently, just after we left, Catherine Tate showed up to to, to welcome Tennant there. So, wow. uh, yeah, exactly right. So um, th- th- there there is this this kinship, and so to bring one back means to bring both back. Absolutely, but um, no, nah, he looked the same. I was like, how many changes do I want from the costume? I don't really want any. He didn't really do any. His hair is still ridiculously tall. <laughs> did you watch the uh, the Children in Need uh, little special they did? I did not. Oh, okay. I, it, it, it affects nothing. It's basically like uh, the origin of, like, the original days of the Daleks were their first being created, and the, the, the Doctor accidentally stumbles in because, you know, his TARDIS is malfunctioning, and he's like, Oh, that's a that's a Dalek, and the guy's like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a really good name. I could have been exterminated. Oh, and a, a brilliant thing. And he he's broken like the multi adaptable claws. So he was like, I'll just give you a plunger. And Davros comes back and he's like, oh, I love that. And people hated it because Davros wasn't in his chair yet because you know he isn't mutated yeah. to be in the chair. And this is this is where RTD began to piss people off, and you know the internet is what it is. Yeah. Um. He basically went, this is how we're going to see uh, Davros at this point in time. Then, because you, you don't do media history, you know that. There is there is kind of a bit of a trope with disabled people equals evil kind of thing, especially like in that period of time. So they were just, they were just doing that thing of going, he's not evil because he became disabled. He's just always been evil. Yep. Because, yeah. 
and people overreacted and got really mad and i don't really care because it was a five minute children in need charity thing and if it's a charity that's helping out children with disabilities it's okay not to other them for five minutes i don't really care enough anyway this episode um the doctor's like oh, i'm on the doctor i'm so happy what a great time music's blaring and there's a woman struggling with some boxes and she goes to help her picks up a, a box and it's Donna Noble who thanks him. So he immediately puts the box back and walks off. Now, if I had an issue, it's that I felt that uh, Donna Noble wasn't blunt enough. But then they kind of explain it. So I was yeah. like, all right, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Like, Oi, what do you think you're doing? So he comes back and, you know, fear of remembering uh, everything. He sort of relents a little bit, but still helps out. And then she calls out for rose and the doctor's going wait what what would you mean rose he, he kept going back to the what what and yeah. uh, that, that, that was fun that was fun it's fun and uh meet rose this is yasmin finney her second ever uh performance in anything she uh first started in a netflix series called heartstopper and i think that's just had a second series so very very new to the scene yasmin finney rose noble and off the bat if you didn't know Rose is trans. Yasmin Finney is a trans woman. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what time I realized this was the case because I did not realize it. You, I didn't remember we'd spoken about it something in passing. It was like I, a year ago. And yeah. I hadn't registered. So at this point, uh, completely just, nope, hadn't, hadn't clocked in on that yet. Yeah. And uh, Rose was busy because uh, she was buying a bag full of eyes because she's got a craft business where she sells some little toys to some random woman in Abu Dhabi. And uh, Rose asks who the doctor is, and Donis uh, bends down because she's like, oh, these boxes are all unorganized, so I need to organize them. And she misses a spaceship crashing over London, and we are already straight, we're like three, four minutes into the episode, and everything's very, very fast. Compared to last week's episode, where I was like, we were at the 35-minute mark, and I didn't really feel like much had happened yet. And uh, Rose is trying to get Donna's attention, being like, Mom, there's a spaceship. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, there's a spaceship. You sound just like your great-granddad. And uh, the Doctor's eyes like light. I was like, oh, great-granddad. And the ship crashes, and it's gone. So after it's disappeared, Donna's back up and ready to go. And she says goodbye to the Doctor and calls him Skinny Man. Oh, just like she did 15 years ago in 2008. And then another man calls for Rose, and is, it's Sean. Is, is this where she gives him the fashion advice? Yeah, she's like, you know, wearing a suit that tight is great when you're 35, but uh, not now, which again, there's like 15, so I think he's like 53 now. So yeah, that, that works out about right. He's, yeah, I know. Oh, we should all look, we should all look as good at 33 as he does at 53. He's, 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 it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Like he, he's not aged a day and he's had like, four kids since granted he's not given birth to them but still no nah, but still yeah and um it's sean donna's husband from the end of time two-parter and he's driving a taxi now so the doctor's like oh can you take me to the crash uh and tries to get full permission by showing the psychic paper and he's like i'm the grand master of nomich or whatever he says and sean says well actually says grand mistress and that's funny because the doctor used to be a uh, a woman so the psychic paper's still not caught up yet and he gives an alonzi and he enters, and um, Sean here is our big exposition dump because he's a taxi driver, and that's what taxi drivers are used for in media. And uh, the big questions on the plate, which I've had for a while, is why are they having to like do all this? Because Donna won the triple rollover 15 yeah, years ago, 166 million, and it's because Donna donated it all to charity. 
never gave a reason, just did. But they had enough to buy a house, but they can't afford to run it anymore. And, um, you know, we have some jokes about Neris because Donna hates Neris. And uh, they get to the site of the crash. Is this because, is this a friend that he remembers or is this just a name he pulls out of thin air and it just works? Oh, it's a name uh, he remembers because Donna's always had this woman she hates, which is like a friend, but like, you know, a a friend friend that, yeah, yeah, called Neris who like kind of ruins Donna's wedding and is always there. She's like, oh, I bloody hate Neris, that viper and blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're at the site of the crash and Yuna are taking over the situation and lock up a BBC reporter, which is, we'll come back to this in like a year's time with Shooty's uh, series. They're very much doing the, not enemy of the state, but top secret shady government facility that people don't trust. Can I just mention that they grab the reporter and they put the reporter in the van, at which point the camera feed glitches out. The reporter's not the one holding the camera. The the cameraman's just standing there. I'm assuming he's being taken as well, but it's just that it's just that thing of government facility being taken. Yeah, over. we can't. You know, it's it's nothing says that like a like a crown corporation like the BBC filming it. Yeah, there's. I don't want to be like negative, right? But but there are some very quick like tropes that we go through because that's how we we can easily establish X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But you know, and the doctor's got this new sonic screwdriver, and it's able oh, to. Oh, I got thoughts. Oh, we're, gonna, on, we're gonna get to that. In a I got thoughts on this. Oh, don't you worry. So yeah. do I. And uh, he breaks through the metal gate, and he sneaks in, and he enters the building, and there's a massive spaceship, and like most of this is practical, which blows my yep. goddamn mind because it's a Disney budget, and I don't think I don't think the word practical effect existed in their vocabulary, and um. There's only a small bit of damage to the bottom of it, which will come in later. And he looks about as this woman is uh, trying to figure out what's going on. And she says, oh, it was, it was on a collision course, but its trajectory's pulled up and now it's settled down. It didn't crash. It, it parked here. And we go back with uh, Rose and Donna and Rose gets straight up dead named by some transphobic boys at school, which... Uh, we did, uh, was it not Interstellar, it's called Elemental a couple weeks ago. And we were like, eh, that kind of like teared over the 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 uh the bigotry in that film we, we, we we're going all in with this to to make a point oh see that it, it would make a i'm point. indifferent about the choice it would make a point if i'd figured it out and went <laughs> what are they doing and then it wasn't until uh i still haven't clocked in even yet wow even yet. okay and i'm like what are they what are they doing is this like her boyfriend they're shouting about What's going on? I'm, I'm very much the old man watching this going, <laughs> what's that about? I don't understand that. I think that's the nice, that's the sweetest way to go about it, though. Rose really seems bothered by this. Yeah. Oh, why are they? I don't understand that. So yeah. I guess it gets the scene later where, where it really clicks. Oh, like when they literally say it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, I'm 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 indifferent because there's a there's a uh, behind the scenes show that airs immediately after on BBC Three, and I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus called Doctor Who Unleashed. And uh, Yasmin Finney's talking about it. And she was like, it really brought back like some really awful traumatic memories of it. And I want to say the fact that she went through with it and kind of consulted Russell about the experience as a trans woman as well helped. Because I've seen a lot of people go, oh, it's just some cis, some middle-aged cis man doing all this. It's, it's written like that. Russell's a queer man who's been in queer spaces his entire life. I, I kind of trust him not to do a disservice here, even if it's a bit ham-fisted at points. Yeah, but you can be gay. I mean, the fact that you're gay doesn't mean that you're not cis. 
Exactly. Okay, so that's what. I, so he, he can still yeah. be a middle aged cis man doing this. Oh no, that's yeah. why. That's what I mean. Like it doesn't stop him from because he's been in those spaces his entire life, and yeah, you're not gonna. You're going to ask permission of a trans woman to go. Are you okay with having to film something I mean, like I mean, this? Yeah, Russell's not the person who's yeah. who's going to make this this clumsy of a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, wait, so wait, so wait, so wait. So are, so are these people in the? Are these people in the in, in the in the trans community who are making these statements? No. Oh, okay. Which is great. I love that. Is it um, these, it's, is it's, it these it's, hyper-vigilant, I'm going to use finger quotes. I'm the ally. These yeah, hyper-vigilant kind of allies who are leading the charge? It, it's a bit of both. I've seen a couple people who are, who are like, I'm not really fond of this, but that's also from like a personal thing, but they're not going, but it's not going, Russell shouldn't write this. It's just going, yeah. I didn't like it because it hit too close to home, which... I get that's not, but that's not a criticism on Russell. Yep. That's just a criticism on the world at this point. Um, but it is very much, I don't like it because I think it's this thing or that. But mm. I, 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 it, Doctor Who's always been pretty like on that side of trying to do the right thing other than like a I'll, couple missteps. I'll say that, but they do turn the volume up to 11 on this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, ha- again, I don't hate it because obviously I think it, it, it's, I don't want to say it's needed, but it's very much like hammering home. There's, you know, that whole thing going, David's back. It's not going to be woke anymore. Oh. And this is the ultimate oh. <laughs> way to. This is the ultimate way to go. If you, you walked into, thought. yeah, if you walked into this going, the complaints I had about Jodie Whittaker and it being too woke because she was a woman. Oh, that's, is, o- that's over now. <laughs> and I'm okay. I think I think it's necessary if a bit ham-fisted and clunky, but I think I, it's yeah, kind of necessary. I think my issue, issue's the wrong word, but I think my, my takeaway is that it is a bit ham-fisted. Yeah. Um, that being said, I am curious about, we've talked a lot about spect- about viewing, uh, spect- spectatoring numbers. That's not right. Spectator numbers, sure. Um, Something like that, yeah. We've talked a lot about, you know, what is the audience for this going to be? And it's interesting to go, look, we and right in episode one, we ain't hiding from this. This is what mm. this is what we're doing. And we've spoken at great length about how is there a greater metaphor for all of this than the doctor mm. itself, the ability to regenerate and the ability to take on a new persona and present in different ways. Um so it'll be interesting what happens when it's like, yeah, I just want to get back to Rory and um, uh, uh, Amy Pond and the Doctor and their three-way love connection in the TARDIS. That's what I wanted yeah. to watch. Some people are going to be going, that's what I wanted. This ain't it. My favorite thing is I I, was, I looked on Twitter. I looked at all that. And you've got people, oh, Doctor Who was better in when it was the classic era, when it wasn't woke. And I'm like, the third Doctor's era is like teacher and ongoing communism's pretty okay because the the green death is like the ultimate um you know we need to stop climate change global warming bad kind of message and it keeps going your second story is about the the threat of fascism with the daleks the first one is about you know equality like it's it's always been like that like when, when did doctor who get work 1963 like i'm not it's always been like a teaching show a learning about accepted show i don't really care and Donna is pissed because her daughter's been bullied. He's like, I'm going to chew, chew them out to their parents because one of their moms had some horrible names given, and I should know because I gave them. Yeah. Donna's learned from that. 
it's nice to see Donna's learn. And Sylvia's back. And she's cooking because I really Donna... loved, which is weird. Sylvia is great. Because I hated this character. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. Because I'm going, oh, fuck it, Sylvia. Okay, here we go. But uh, she's she's like, Donna's lost her job again. And we find out where she lost her job later. And I'm indifferent about that that gag. But um, she's cooking. And Rose asks Sylvia, did you see the space? She was like, no, I didn't. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. And she's 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 really trying. Yep. No, I think those 15 years, she's... She's really changed her tune. And so we see this, nice. we see the same behaviors, yeah. but the motivation is clearly different. And as mm. a result, we excuse it and we even like embrace her effort for it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I thought she added a lot to the episode. Mm. I was really happy about it. And she's like, oh, that, that isn't a thing. You didn't see it though, did you, Donna? Like, like she, she's, Jacqueline King is acting her socks off. I'm really, she's fantastic here. And Rose goes to put some stuff in the shed, but Donna was like, I will look up. I will. I will do anything if if anyone hurts you. And um, Sylvia then asks Donna if Rose is okay and gets gets a little bit tongue tied about how to refer to Rose as a woman and calling her beautiful. She still doesn't understand and misgenders for a second, but she gets she's still trying. And I, I appreciate because they don't they don't villainize Sylvia here because she accepts Rose for who she is, but she still makes mistakes because we we all do at points. And Donna helps her through it, and I I like that. Yeah, this is when I went oh. Yeah. Oh, mm. um, yeah, um, I, a really interesting question about even though I'm accepting of, um, of who Rose is, am mm. I being sexist because I never, I never called her beautiful when she was presenting, uh, I'm not even sure if I'm using the right, the right, the right, uh, phrase here please please correct me if i'm wrong here but 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 when previously when when was rose per- was perceived, perceived as i think maybe perceived as sure yeah it yeah was was yeah, it's was, not like a correct term yeah um was was was, was perceived as masculine yeah uh, i never would have used that phrase and it is a phrase that we tend to use mm. for women and not for men and so uh grandma here is trying as hard as she can to be correct not just in regards to identity but also in regards to sexism and i think it's mm. an interesting thing that the other question is 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 that is that a term that rose would would welcome and wants to hear at which point that becomes part of the feminine makeup of her identity Mm. Uh, it's 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 a very nuanced and complicated topic and i appreciate doctor who bringing us into into the house for these conversations between two people who are both trying to figure out what the right answer is and i I do i do i like that as well because it's not like She's not going, oh, you're awful for this. And I, like, there are always fears of someone has to be the evil person here. But no, they're always, it's just a happy house. They're all accepting of it. And um, Donna starts to reminisce. And like, you know, Grandpa used to talk about, you know, spaceships. And Sylvia tries to pivot. And then Donna's like, well, he just stopped after I, you know, I forgot everything. And we find out that for, for Donna, she's been told that she had this this big gap in her mind. She had a breakdown and she recovered about 15 years ago. But Donna still thinks there's something missing and like it was gone and she uh, should be happy. It's really good because it places mm. the audience in a position of we know and yeah. we're silent, but we see her struggling. And we understand why mom's doing it, but we also understand why Donna wants to know. And on, on a story level, we kind of wanted to know because that was way more fun. Uh, yeah, and she she even says a bit. Like, she's like, we don't have secrets in this house as well, and obviously Sylvia mm. have the, the biggest secret. It's a good point. Mm. And um, 
we go to Rose and she's uh, talking to a neighbor called Fudge. And his last name I haven't written down, but he's supposed to be uh, the son or grandson of. Do you remember Turn Left, the episode with the, like the alternate uh, reality? Oh, yeah, I think so. Is this the one where like some soldier mentions Rose's name or something like that? Uh, it's the one where uh, it's like right before the series four finale and uh, Donna goes to a soothsayer and she's like, oh, what if you turn left instead of meeting the yeah, doctor I'm, and everything? Yeah, I'm yeah. certain I'm right on this. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the they go into that sheltered accommodation and there's that that man who's like, oh, we're going to the labor camps, all that. Blah. They, they He has the same surname. So this is supposed to be like, this is another life that Donna, without even realizing, has stopped from being snuffed out. Can I just say that I hate this yeah. kid? I hate this oh, kid. Fud, I think Fudge exists to be a personification of the childlike whimsy that kids get from watching Doctor Who, but done very, very um, stinky. I'm very aware that this is Disney's first time kind of having a seat at the table. So I'm looking mm. for meddling, right? Yeah. And I'm looking and I'm going, oh, I hate this. Because he released sort of very little storyline, but we kept cutting mm. back to him. Fudge was a character in the original comic, but he wasn't really like this kind of Fudge it's very much i think it's going hey there's a kid named fudge i read that comic i know who fudge is that's yeah. a nice little easter egg but then we don't do anything with it but anyway fudge is saying uh there's an alien there's an escape pod and blah 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 and they go see and it's empty so the aliens got out so rose goes home and there's some rustling in the bins and it's the me this is miriam margulies which i didn't pick up on until um the end credits so mm. um so I know we'd spoken about it, but I but I forgot. Yeah. And I went, whose voice is this? Um oh man, did I have some feelings about the meep. <laughs> I'm see, I love I love the meep. Also, from like a perspective of the meep is a hundred percent practical. Like even the face movements, right. anima the animatronic, there's only a little bit of CGI to like help the pupils dilate and like the nose move ever so slightly. It's remarkable. It's a hundred percent uh practical, which is there's a person in the suit. It's just the 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 face just move. Oh, it's 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 incredible. I love that. I I I like that Doctor Who's kind of gone back to this real practical realism, even if it like sometimes in the lighting it looks a little bit off. So when Steven Spielberg getting his credit check for this episode? <laughs> it's weird because the Star Beast actually came out like two years before ET. Well, I'll tell you what, this borrowed yeah. a lot of shots and things from oh, ET. Oh yeah. Oh, well, there's even word. there's even a gag from ET. Yes, as well. exactly. If there was a yeah. thing, the only thing was missing was the scene with some Reese's pieces. <laughs> and uh, uh, the meep is is I said all practical and opens up with a meep meep well, and has just, a hurtful. Come on, it's just garbage, isn't it? You can talk. Wow. Yes, I, yes, I can. Talk. Oh, shut up! Like I've seen this done so <laughs> many times. And I'm yeah, having a fun time for, with my for, child, for, like, for, for, for like America, it is episode one. But yeah. did we really bring back David Tennant for you can talk? Meep meep. Like, shut up. Give me something of merit. Now, it does redeem itself somewhat in the end, so I appreciate the setup. Mm. On a meta level, I'm yeah. going, okay, Russell T. Davis is purposely frustrating me with this juvenile crap because he's got the switch later. But yeah. I still had to live through this in real time. I love the meep. I think the meep's cute. I want a little meep, though. And Rose is like, hi, I'm Rose. And the meep says about falling from the sky and having to hide from monsters. And we see those monsters uh, as Fudge meets them. And they and these are the Wrath Warriors. And they ignore. They say, ignore the kid. We need to find the meep and no one else. And 
the doctor's using his sonic screwdriver to make a holographic screen i put in um brackets i hate it uh, yeah, I'm not sure this one bugged me as much. It was around now that I kind of sat back. I, I, I've been paying attention throughout, mm. but just at the production values of this season that's available and the quality of the cinematography and all these things. Um, they had a higher budget per episode, like per episode for the specials than they did for an entire series back in 2007. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's about just over 13 million, which is good good for them. And it still had that Russell T. Day, like, the, the practical spaceship and things like mm. that. It had elements yeah. of what Russell likes to do. So it's got a little bit of charm. It's got a little bit of kitsch, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. For Doctor Who, I want mm. a little bit of charm and a little bit of kitsch. I don't even mind a, I'm the meep. You can talk. Just not in episode one. Just not in episode one. Like if that, I said this is like The Force Awakens in the sense of trying to get everyone yeah, back on board, yeah. like a very safe but entertaining... That's fine, but you brought thing. David yeah. Tennant back for this. I know, And I the know. more I'm getting Meep Meep, the less I'm getting of Tennant doing other things he could be doing. And bless him, they're, they're playing the hits for me. We got an Alan Z like three and a half minutes yeah. in. Like, I know what they're doing. And, oh, I just... Nah. The meep is an indifferent thing. I think, especially you look and go, "Oh God, is we gotta get this little furry creature back home?" Isn't that like a fun family thing? Oh, you think? And um, we see that he's looking at the broken ships mechanics on his screen, whatever. And uh, the woman from earlier kind of appears, and they talk about the ship. And uh, oh. this is Shirley Ann Bingham, played by Ruth Madley or Maidley. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. she's actually... Um, yeah, she she uh, she is in a wheelchair. She's actually in a wheelchair in, in real life. To which my favorite thing is some people go, she crossed her legs. How they, they avoid... Oh, she geez. can do that because not every, not every <sighs> single thing is like someone can't move their legs forever and i guess if i had a a a uh, i'm all for inclusivity but man yeah. this episode went let's do it all in one episode we're putting our cards on the table i always appreciate it oh it's 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 the tardis is wheelchair accessible which is cute oh my word it is too isn't it yeah, yeah. um yeah it was just Oh, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot. And the danger becomes where, where some of these things can feel like organic outputs of story. And mm. Rose's stuff is the central stuff for the story right now. Yeah. And it was, there was three sort of underrepresented groups in this episode. And two of the three, I'm actually okay with it. It's just, I think this is the third where this was just, and it was so hit you on the head with it. Uh, not so much the fact that she's right. And I thought she was great. I thought the actress was great. I she's just returning felt, for shooting. A lot of this oh, I is assume, like, I assume yeah, we're building up. Like, she's, yeah, she's our liaison. She's the new, who was the head woman for, for unit who I did? Oh, Kate. Yeah, she's yeah. like more on she's, the ground. Kate's running it, but yeah. <laughs> There's the, uh, that's an unfortunate oh no. turn of phrase there. oh no i'm very sorry that's unfortunate it is for me. but not intentional oh, no. you, you understand you understand my oh, of course of course yeah um but um yeah it was just like we're gonna cram all these new people in on, on episode one yeah. um we'll talk about uh, have we already seen the other one i think we've already seen the other one 
Ooh, which other one? And he works for, I don't know if he works for Unit or he works for, for, for the police, but he was a turbaned gentleman and he oh, was clearly yeah, in charge. Yeah. I thought he was great. I thought yeah. he was fantastic. I wonder I, if he is staying around because I think, I think, I think so. I've seen him on one of the photos somewhere. I think so. I think he's part of this universe as well. And I really, because they kept bringing him back. They kept bringing him back mm, and bringing true. him back. He's the one who's who eventually will be ordered down. All that stuff. I really. Yeah, he's even the one that says the these are the uh, like the outliers. Yeah, I really like this guy. Mm. Um, so if you think about it, we've got three kind of unrepresented groups, at least in positions of authority, yeah. in 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 the universe. And I thought, you know, um, he was just a guy doing his job. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. This woman's got like. <laughs> She's like her wheelchair. Her there. wheelchair is Night Rider. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I love it. It's great. There's like a little level of campiness, and it almost oh, reminds oh. me of Messi. I say little element. Little. This is this is this is 1980s campiness. Like this is Tom Baker era. Campiness. And they make sure they get Tenant reacting to every bit of it with his seal of approval, so the diehards yeah. have to accept it. <laughs> They have some of them have no. Oh, I'm sure they have it, but but, and, and, but make no mistake. I think that was a conscious choice to make sure yeah. the tenant comments on it and gives it his thumbs up. I think it helps as well because Russell was like in the documentary was like, there are we have fans who are going to react in this way, and it's unfortunate, but I think we need to like send that message of we're a more inclusive, like respective respective show, which good good for that. Some shows sort of don't care about that but this has always been a kind of not a safe space for for that but it's always been sort of it's been a, an area for for fans to to enjoy and uh we find out that this thing called a dagger drive has been damaged by laser fire so we've got two visitors who are at war with each other and that's what we think is our our story here and uh this is like i said shalane bigham she's unit scientific advisor number 56 with the doctor being number one and she knows and she asks why why he's hiding he's like well, I don't really know who I am. She says, well, you look like the doctor. And he says, well, yeah, he's the one in the skinny suit. And after that, he's got a bow tie. And after that, he's a Scotsman. And after that, he's a woman. And Shirley goes, well, you can't know that. It's your future. That's that like that affects the timeline. He's like, no, I, I got this face back and I don't know why. And let me tell you about my friend Donna. Did I tell you, did you, uh, did I tell you about my friend Donna in that beginning recap? Well, let me tell you again, <laughs> if she remembers me, how much, did you know, Ian? If Donna remembers the Doctor, her mind will explode. They should have mentioned that more. Yeah, it felt like it, it was more like it was like he was trying to do like uh, Morse code with his eyes for us oh. to know. That. It was it was it wasn't very. The this episode doesn't like subtlety, That's... and I I I almost respect the lack oh, of subtlety. Geez. I, to the, I, I was watching this with my mom as well, and she was like, "I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it." So I guess that's more for my mom who like needs to it like fully. It's hard explained. because this is yeah. episode one of of the Disney era, yeah. And so you have to make this a gateway. Ooh, interesting conversation to be had. What's a better gateway into the Doctor Who lore? Is it this or is it Eccleston's first? I think the answer is it's easily Eccleston's first. Oh, it's definitely yeah, because Eccle this the thing. It's like I think. Because I compare this to The Force Awakens, I think it's easier to jump to The Force Awakens if that was your first Star Wars film, because it was for a lot of kids, than it is to with this. Because you need to know well, the a problem, lot more. The problem is it's both episode one, but it's, in essence, like episode it's, 300. In essence, it's like a revival. Yeah. Because you have, to, you have to call back to this timeline from 15 years ago, but you're constantly referencing throughout that you have to know part A for part B to have stakes. And then also everyone's going, wait, wait. What do you mean the doctor was a woman as well? There's all this 
I think the mistake here is because on BBC iPlayer, and I'm sure, and I don't, I haven't looked on Disney Plus because I'm not in America. Uh, it's on a tab. This is Doctor Who 2023 to to onwards. I think maybe we should have left this in the 20 like the 2005 to maybe this should be the sign off and shooties shooties yeah. becomes one but, i think that's the easier thing but i but. imagine maybe disney maybe Ru- i don't know who it is maybe russell because mm. russell's back but everybody yeah, wants let's launch with the big bang yeah it, it's <laughs> or the bigger bang for a russell t davies mm. reference there but yeah, I, I know I, if I think thematically, I think you're right. I think Shooty should mm. be should be the start of a new of a new generation. I'm curious. I I obviously I haven't spoken to anyone who's never seen Doctor Who before. I would be very curious to see if someone watched the, this was their first ever Doctor Who and see if they could follow because there's a lot you got to know off the bat, like the the by regeneration, like the, the meta crisis stuff. Like if you go back to Eccleston. <clears throat> The audience is actually positioned not with the doctor, but with Rose. Yeah. Rose is our entry point. And as a result, every time she learns something, we learn something. As someone who's brand new to Doctor Who and watched a couple episodes, but went, okay, it's on Netflix. What does all this mean? Mm. That was a great way for me to kind of have it in bits and pieces spelled out for me. Every era is kind of like Matt Smith's era. It opens, like we see the doctor, but we fully open properly up with Amy credits Bond, with, yeah. with Amy. As yeah, as that's a good kid. point. The same with, um, oh God, the same with uh, Jodie's first episode. We're positioned with Yaz and Ryan and Graham and everyone. Yeah. And then we get Jodie. Yeah. So I think this is, this is very much like, you know what you're here for. If you're watching this, you know why you're watching this compared to yeah, no, you're right. this being you're a bridge. Right. It's it's a stra- it's a strange. Hey, one. I, got, I, wanna... I got two people talking to camera, telling me the lore. I mean, come yeah. on, that's just as good. I love it when it. It's a sixty-year-old. That's the thing. Like when Eccleston starts, yeah. you you could have seen the classic series, and you can go, oh, here's the. I, I like ones. I like blah blah. Oh, blah. sorry, you have to do that bit again. It was. Uh, oh, yeah. I got a little bit of a, a st- staccato bit there, so that's okay. Yeah. I, with with Eccleston's era, you didn't have to have seen the classic era, and if you had seen the classic era, you go, "Oh, I know the Autons. They're from this thing, or the da- I know the Daleks. There's the Cyberman." With this, I want to, I want to really, I, I do want to see if this sticks the landing for new viewers, and I guess we'll have to. See, I, I think maybe you avoid this and then start with Shooty, but who really knows? But anyway, but episode one is your sixty year anniversary. Those exactly, two things can't coexist. Exactly. It's 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 weird. And I'm not sure if I ever remember that fact, I will die. My mind will explode. (laughs) And and speaking of minds exploding, as far as the doctor's concerned, destiny doesn't exist, but if it does, it's heading for Donna Noble. And he doesn't want to be the one that kills her. And Shirley is told by a soldier that they found the escape pod, so they're moving out to secure it, and Shirley tells it the doctor to stay put and because they've got this, so the Doctor has other plans, and Sonic's a, a unit truck and stows aboard and waves goodbye to Shirley, who just smiles and waves back. So, you know, oh, she knows shucks. who she's working they with. They got to decide, you know, is Unit a friend of a Doctor, or is Unit, are they coexisting, or is Unit an obstacle to a Doctor? Because it seems like they play fast and loose with this. I think it depends, because the way that they seem to be filming Shooty's thing is the public hate Unit right now. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be, like, some kind of, like, anti there's there's no trust from the general public to unit and the doctors may be having to rethink but like, why his thing yeah that's because it's become it's become very militarized how has that happened revival. how has that happened yeah. if it's a revival and we don't have to make storyline sense of it fine 
Mm. But unit was like unit, seen as like a science reserve in the in the classic era. Yeah, even just last episode. Mm. When we were st- stowing away parachutes for Ace and whatnot upstairs, and that was Unit, right? Yeah. Well, they even mentioned in this one, oh, we love Unit. Unit did so and so. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. And uh, you know, the the doors open of the ship, and uh, as the the soldiers, some of the soldiers go upstairs, and Shirley uh, can't because she's in a wheelchair. But Something I love is she disguise. went. Don't let me be part of the problem, or don't let yeah. me whatever. Just get up there and get inside. And I was like, yeah. that's cool. I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, they go and the, the doors of the ship open and there's a glowing pulse and it leaves the ship and starts possessing the soldiers and Charlie sort of watches but can't really see what's going on and the soldiers all put their visors down because they've got glowing eyes so it hides it and Rose tries to sneak uh, to the shed but Donna is like, oh remember the bins? You didn't do the bins! How dare you not do the bins! And Rose like runs away and ignores it and goes to the shed to help the meep with the hurt poor and the meep's making friends with Rose's toy and being like, would you like to be friends with the meep? Why won't you talk to the meep? It's, it, it's cute. It's, now, it's, hang, it's, on, it's though. hang on though, here, 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 here's the question. The meep's not around rose at this point yeah so is this the meep actually doing these things i think this is the meep going the door's opening i know what to do this is it this is the move i think this is the facade to go look i'm really in like i'm i'm so cute and lovable just get me to where i, need I to think be, this and is then designed I'm kill you. this is designed for the viewers but the meep oh yeah so the meep is. doesn't know the viewers are watching i think this is a yeah. terrible inconsistency on behalf of the russell was like logic. Um, because it the, if if you like Doctor Who content, there's now an official Doctor Who podcast. So if you wanna if you after you listen to us, go on to any podcasting thing and listen to the official Doctor Who podcast. Uh Russell was on there and he's like, I wanted the meep to be a little bastard for the moment we could. So he would have been like the meep would have been like, ah, I'm gonna eat you, blah blah blah, like before Rose appears, uh like in the shed. But uh some some higher up was like, No, that's too soon. Don't do that yet. And I'm not sure, I'm starting, maybe I'm going, maybe you could have done that, because the Meep is revealed to be evil so early on in the comic. I mean, it's we two, do the halfway yeah, point it, it's two different things. So you've got two yeah. different feelings. You can have your choice of surprise. Yeah. Uh, or you can have a choice of dramatic irony, where we know yeah. and we're helpless to tell Rose. Both can be done, but in the way that they present the two big dudes with the guns, whose names I don't remember... Uh, the ones chasing the meep. Yeah, I, I I didn't get their names. They're just the Roth Warriors. That's it, the Roth Warriors. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of like a double reveal then, because we're playing yeah. with, you know, decades of how we represent victims and how we represent heroes and how we represent enemies. Exactly. And so that's a fun double reveal. So I think. It's a better shout, but man, did I hate. Now, granted, <laughs> it pays off because it's a little thing, it's, yeah. it's like inauthentic. But yeah. man, did I hate this. And we've got all these all these toys, and uh, they look very similar. You've got you've got the you've got the devil from series two. You've got a Santarin. You've got a. Did you a pick Jadoon. up on this? Because I actually didn't. I picked up on this only because they've been showing like set photos for a couple uh, okay. weeks, and I was like, oh look, because even at the premiere they were showing Rose's toys, and I went. That looks like a goddamn weeping it. That's an adipose. I have seen that thing. I and this is the thing. So 
going into this episode because I knew about the meat because I'd read the Star Beast comic, and I go, okay, so we're loosely adapting it from this. So the meat's probably going to do this. The Wrath Warriors are going to do this. With the with the Donna and Rose stuff, Donna's probably going to get her memories back. But like, I kind of it was very safe for me because I kind of knew everything. The next two, I ain't got a goddamn, I ain't got a Scooby Doo, which is cool. But with this one, I'm very much going, okay, we're going to do this. Rose had these things, so that probably implies that she has some memory or someone's been telling her stories in in a way, so that means that she'll make these toys like blah, blah, blah. I didn't think about the Metacrisis stuff, but I was just going, oh, we'll probably just told her a story. And um, the Meep's alone and wants to go home, and Rose relates to being alone and feeling like she's from another planet. And the Meep said, well, you got the Meep now. And Donna enters because she is pissed about the the uh, the bin rota, and she goes from being really pissed, going, oh, "That's fantastic! Look at that!" Looks at the meat, goes, "That's you've done. That's your, that's your, like, your best one yet. You could give that to that woman in Abu Dhabi." And they're really mentioning this woman. And I have a theory, and I don't think the theory's correct. And I'll probably bring it up in the third episode because, like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but it just feels very much like we're really hinting there's someone who's pulling the strings here, and. um She's like, oh, those eyes are so real. And then the meep blinks and Ro uh, Donna touches the eye and the meep starts screaming. And uh, the unit van appears at, uh, at the house or the area. And, and John Williams Don plays a score and the meep and Rose go on a bicycle that flies in front of the moon. <laughs> and Jeez. the Donna arrives and it's all screaming. Sylvia's like, you don't see it. You can't see it. It's not real, Donna. It's not real. And she's trying her hardest. And the doctor's banging on the door. He's like, oh, Sylvia, hi. How are you doing? Can you let me in? And they argue about the semantics of what he meant by if Donna saw her. She, her he's like, well, actually, it's more if she remembers me. So actually, you, you can let me in, please. And she's on a warpath. And... Um, the doctor sonics himself in and everyone's arguing the meep's clawing to like clinging onto donna's leg she's calling the meep like a a space rat and a martian and um it's carnage and then sean shows up and you know is that joke it's all quiet and he's like oh something smells nice and uh sylvia says she's making tuna madras which sounds like the most disgusting curry i've ever because obviously you have it with chicken not like a flaky little fish so good good, good on sylvia for still being terrible at one thing and um, the hypnotized soldiers are uh, saying to the different uh, unit soldiers, this is where we get uh, the, the unit soldier with the turban saying, oh, you just go, you go back, you, you're, you're done for, for now. You just go, we, we've all sorted it. And they're going to go and find the meep. And uh, the doctor's healing the meep. And all Donna wants to know is, you know, who's the doctor? And he's like, oh, I'm just, just someone. And uh, Donna wants to sell the meep for a million quid, calls it, uh, was it a, uh, like a, a badgered Paddington or something. Yeah. And uh, the dog's like, oh, speaking of money, like, why'd you give the money away? And before all that, he's like, also, uh, your, your granddad, he's not about, is he? And uh, Donna says, well, he's not with us anymore. And we get sad. We all get sad oh. because we know he's not with us anymore. Well, not, not, think, not actual, yeah. Yeah, and I think if, if Bernard Cribbins was still here, maybe this would have played a bit better, but because we know the tr like yeah. the real world, I think it leaves a bit of a bad taste, but I guess you can't like kind of go around no, that. No, I didn't judge it. It's a character yeah. and it was a, it's a, it's a yeah. statement within the character and the story. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, maybe we don't make mistaking, you know, um, characters death in their nineties, a punchline. Maybe that's when we can mm. learn from this, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's all right. And he's, he's, it's not that he's he's not, he's dead. He's just not living with them anymore. There's just like 
you know, there's a misunderstanding because he's a Martian. And uh, he's in this housing accommodation, which was set up by uh, this this uh, this place, you know, down the road unit. Uh, this woman, Kate, was, is looking after it. And that means Kate Lethbridge-Stewart is still looking after Wilf after all these years because he used to be a soldier. And he's all happy. And he says, OK, anyway, the meat, let's bring him home. And Rose is a, so that you're just using he as the pronoun. This could have been written a little bit better, even if Rose just went he and like gave a look oh, this, of, yeah it's it's very much how do we hammer home like we're being very inclusive about it because the doctor said oh yeah i was a woman i'm kind of a bit more fluid with my pronouns what do you use you he she they and the meep is uh the meep's pronouns are the definite article the meep is always the meep and the doctor said, well, yeah the as opposed to a yes yeah, indefinite and, would be a definite is the yeah. and i was like oh you know i you know i I do that too. We're, we're very much like flirting at this moment in the episode about the concept of the Doctor being a bit more fluid and uh, non-binary at this point. Would it have been... So here, I think they really wanted Rose to be the one to challenge the Doctor and the Doctor to go quite right, my bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and to show we can all make mistakes, even those of us who are supposed to be the heroes of the story. Hmm. Is it something where if a doctor goes, well, I don't know, is he right? If he stumbles upon it himself rather than has to be told, does it come off less, kind of like what you said, does it come across less blunt? I think I think it's one of those things, because we're, we're, we're referencing the fact that the doctor was a woman before. Yeah. And he acknowledges that, because he even said, like, one of his first lines in that children anything was, an hour ago, I was this very brilliant woman. And, like, we keep referencing that even with, like, the, the psychic paper. I have a psychic I think, paper was, was, was one of the best jokes in the episode. Yeah. yeah. I think, and I don't, I don't, uh, maybe it needed, like, one more, one more, like, draft just to, like, maybe, because it, it is just very much how do we really convey? And I think maybe subtlety isn't where we, where we need for this. So we're really, like, badgering yeah. points. Because this, the way there's like they were like the the Star Beast is very much for families and kids. So I guess this is like to make it the most accessible for a kid who might not understand it as well. But at the same point, I think don't treat the kids as like stupid. But yeah, they, I think they can still understand. But just going, would you mean he? It could like the meat could be whatever. But we, I guess, we further explain it later. And um, who wants to meet the meep dead? Well, it's the Roth warriors because they want the meep fur for themselves and they've slaughtered all their livestock for it and other galaxies to hunt the meeps. And it breaks both the meeps' hearts. And it's like the doctor, pardon me. And uh, the unit soldiers uh, are knocking on the door and it's that possessed one with the swirling eyes. And the doctor's like, oh, I see those swirling eyes and uh, it shuts the door and the noble family has, uh, they need to run. And before they can, the Roth Warriors blast a hole in the back door and the unit soldiers do in the front. And the doctor has a plan, which is they get to Shorten's car, which is five doors down. And uh, he's going to use this sonic screwdriver to make shields. Yeah. Ian go. Yeah, this was stupid. Oh, I hate, I truly do hate it. Um, I know there's a bit of ambiguity about what the sonic screwdriver can do, and we accept it's kind of the the great multi-tool of all multi-tools. Side note, they never explained how uh, 14 got this new sonic. Um, like, I know in the the canon of the, sh of the, sh the story and whatever, there's a comic that says, oh, Jody's uh, sonic was destroyed by Daleks uh, when he was the 14th Doctor. 
but he just has a new song. I, I whatever. I guess the TARDIS just like you know pop, popped out a new one. Like Gifts it did. to them. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Why did Thirteens get destroyed? Thirteens got destroyed in a comic story, which is basically trying to tie into whatever. And it's one of those things that basically to in like if you want to know what happens between those thirteen months without an episode. It's fine, but it also it doesn't affect the story, like the TV series, in any way. So if I've just watched a TV series, yeah, I've got no You've missed nothing. Okay, so there was a there was a Sonic. The Sonic has changed. Isn't the Sonic like the TARDIS? Don't they both sort of change naturally? Yeah, this TARDIS usually just like pops one out because yeah. the the 13s was like made of whatever, and then like the TARDIS helped fix it and all that. So basically, between the time that Jody turned into Tannen and Tannen appeared here. He had an adventure in a comic book where Jody Sonic got destroyed, but now he's got a new one. It doesn't affect you, you miss nothing this, if you've not read it. This is gonna be really difficult because how many mm. scrapes are they now gonna either not get out of? And I'm gonna go, hang on, you could have just done that same trick with it. I think it's just um, a new th- it's just upgraded and that they always get some new thing. One can do wood, one like, can do whatever. Like remember in Star Wars when all of a sudden, I think it's episode eight, Ray discovers she can force heal. And we all go, oh, come, come on. What? This is stupid. Yeah, that's one of... See, I was fine with the Force here, again, because in, in other stories, they kind of had it in what... Because okay. it was always in video... Again, but the filmic history. expanded yeah, yeah. universe. So that's, to, to exactly. the mainstream peeps like myself, it's going, hang yeah. on. So Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Kygon and these people who are the great, you know, Jedi Masters... They couldn't do it, but somehow Ray stumbles up. Shut up. They um, could, but they, but it like it because it like affects them because um the the whole thing was they were like oh the penultimate episode oh, of Mando season one ties into this the one. great Star Wars apologist I forgot I am the great Star Wars but, but, no but, but they were but like this the, ties in Baby Yoda does it so it's okay to the audience who doesn't have Ethan beside them to uh, exactly to exactly things. I can't we go I hang can't on I haven't seen I haven't seen this in one through seven why does it pop up in eight and in the same way it goes look you can, you can go hey we got this new thing we wanted to do the problem is the the, the established goes hang on though you got to deal with the history and why this has not been a thing. Thing. it just feels another way that the sonic screwdriver becomes the magic doohickey which it always was but like mm. in a ridiculous amount to go i can make this do i think this is just anything. a new a new thing it can do i and i i'm sure that's what they'll say granted i think next week's episode doesn't have the sonic thank god for that i hope it gets destroyed genuinely i think it's a bit too it's a bit too i like when the doctor has a challenge and it just can't be waved away with I've got a sonic screwdriver, and I knew this in last episode, but whatever. Uh, and they're all firing at the the shield, and it's all fine. And they they run to the the loft or the attic if you if you're not from from England. And uh, the doctor's like, "Oh, this is sonic screwdriver." And you know what it's really good for? Resonating concrete. And I chuckled because this was a reference to um, the Empty Child episode. This was a Ninth Doctor reference, which so I had a good time with that. You know when Rose is like, oh, dance with me, show me your dance moves. And the doctor's like, Rose, I'm trying to resonate concrete. I had a little chuckle. That was that was a nice little reference. And uh, the Sonic breaks the wall down so they can crawl through all five doors of, of the houses uh, without getting spotted. And at the same time, the Wrath Warriors and the possessed unit soldiers run a firefight. But then another unit truck shows up. And this is the group uh, 
which is not possessed, the, the man with the turban. And he's saying, this is the group that's gone rogue. So now the, the real unit soldiers are fighting the possessed unit soldiers who are fighting the Wrath Warriors. Mm -hmm. We get some cool practical effects and the cars are exploding and flipping over and the Doctor, Meep, and the Nobles all sneak past a sleeping guy in his house and they get to Sean's car and uh, the Doctor notices the unit soldier in the ground and takes the pulse, looks a bit shocked. And the Wrath Warriors notice the Doctor and start firing at the, the car because they have the Meep. And I turn to my girlfriend and go, the blasts aren't affecting the car. That's a bit strange. And uh, the nobles start to celebrate and there's, uh, they're escaping. The doctor's like, either we've escaped or we've done something very, very wrong. And he goes uh, in an underground car park and they all step out. And the doctor puts on a barrister's wig, which is a, a gag, which the fourth doctor did in some episode. And he says, court's in session. And he teleports the Roth warriors in because he intercepts their teleport. And uh, he invokes some Shadow Proclamation stuff so everyone can't do any uh, crimes or attacking. And the, the Wrath Warriors very quickly agree uh, to do it and say, Exhibit A, Donna, the taxi, there's no scorch marks anywhere. No, because they were hit by plasma bolts and there are no markings. And that soldier in the street, he wasn't dead. He was unconscious because the Wrath uh, Warriors blasters are actually stun guns. And one of the Wrath Warriors pipes up and like, yes, we made sure that we did that. So it would just be a little a little uh, nerve tranquilizer so it wouldn't harm anyone. And they talk like that, and it's always, it's it's crazy because they look so scary. How mm -hmm. do they just talk like David Mitchell? <laughs> and um, the only people an who honorable man. He was in Doctor Who, and it's so underutilized. <laughs> he was a robot. Was he? You know, dinosaurs on a spaceship. Oh yes, he's in that one oh, okay. with um, with his with with uh, the other guy from Peep Show. Oh, what's his name? Uh, him and. Um, the doctor's like, well, the only ones who are actually doing any Robert killing, Webb. There we go. Uh, were the swirly-eyed soldiers, and they were coming to were they coming to hurt the meep or save the meep? And the Roth warriors tell their story of the meep, and it's like, well, the meeps had a psychedelic son, and it went man, and it turned them into mad mutants with cruel beasts and armies, and they would eat people and behead others, and they were summoned. The Roth warriors were summoned to stop them, and the meep. This Meep was the only survivor and was also the leader of the Meeps and the cruelest one of all. And the doctor says, okay, let's be fair. Meep, your side of the story. And the Meep says, Exhibit C. Pulls out a gun and says, to hell with it. And turns all evil and mean and kills the two Wrath Warriors with a blaster. And it's not cute. It's all, it's uh, spiky the, teeth. It's all spiky teeth. And like the, the positions kind of changed a bit. And it's not this like round, fluffy thing. It's mm. almost like, uh, it's spindly. It, it's very, again, really impressive for a practical effect. Mm -hmm. And um, the possessed soldiers show up and uh, Donna's snapping at the Meep saying, you're a monster. And and then the Meep says that Rose is a weird child and Donna's livid. And uh, before trying to shoot Donna, uh, the doctor's uh, saying, well, okay, let's, let's just hold down. I have two hearts as well. Maybe I'm part of the Roth Warriors plan and you won't be able to find out if you kill all of us. So maybe you should just kidnap us and hold us hostage to find out. And then he gets punched in the back of the head with a gun and passes out and wakes up in the truck. And Donna wants to know who he is and what his name is. And she says, well, Sylvie knows who you seem to know who, who he is and you're acting like you do. And uh, Donna feels stupid because she's saying, I could have just given the money away and we'd all be safe and we could just be anywhere without this. And, the doctor wants to know why she gave it away, and 
Donna says there are places where people are in pain and fear and Donna thought she could help and it was the sort of thing that she felt that he would do. And before we can focus on that, really, the truck pulls up and they're all forced out to see the meat's true plan and we see this army of possessed welders fixing the dagger drive and they're shouting, hail to the meat, and they all chant it and the meat's carried in on a throne and... <laughs> The Doctor names this ship the Delusions of Grandeur, and because the Meep's plan is basically uh, to get the ship to work, they need to fire a dagger, the dagger drive, which is this massive spike into the ground, and it'll absorb all of the energy around a five mile, five square mile radius to burn it into fuel, and that'll kill nine million people. And the Meep's like, oh yeah, that's the this is the new reign of terror for the Meep, I guess, and. Um, the Meep starts to activate the Dragger Drive and demands the family to be brought on board to be eaten. And they go up the elevator and Charlie gets the drop on the two possessed soldiers with a tricked out weapons go -go gadget wheelchair and it's like uh, darts or something and gets them. She saves the family and they can go, the family can go one way to escape and the Doctor can go another way by blasting a little missile into the wall. And, um... Donna sees uh, the Doctor go off, and she goes with her family for a second, but gives Rose a hug and says that she loves uh, Rose and Sean, but the Doctor needs her help. And she locks the door, runs off, and Sylvia just goes, she, she called him the Doctor. And we don't really think of that for a second, but something's going on. This sort of subconscious thing of we're starting to go, something bad, something bad's going to happen. And the Doctor enters the Meep ship, and Donna follows after him, and the door shut behind, and he's, you know, pissed about it. And the Doctor's racing around, pressing buttons and using the Sonic to try and stop the Dagger Drive, but the Meep does this deadlock seal, and it means the Doctor can't use the Sonic, so he's going to have to go even quicker on these dials. And Donna's like, what can I do? What can I do to help? And he's like, you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And then the Meep uh, brings this glass uh, wall down, and it's very similar. The last time that the Doctor was in a situation where someone might have died and there was a glass container blocking them was Donna's granddad. Exactly. Four knocks. And he can't, the Doctor can't be in two parts of the room now, and the Meep activates the dagger drive, and it tears through the ground, and London starts to be ablaze on the streets, and we see Fudge again, and he's like, oh, wow, that's crazy! And they're also like, I can't do anything. There's, there's nothing I can do. There's 230 seconds left, but there's only one thing he can do, and he doesn't want to do it. And Ron says, well, what was it? Just doing it. The doctor says, well, I guess it was all coincidence leading to this moment. Stop London from burning. And the only way they can stop this ship is if you know, it's going to kill Donna. And Donna says to do it in a heart. She doesn't even think. And she says, my daughter's down there. Nine million people are going to die. I'm not special. I don't matter. And the doctor snaps and says, you do. No, you do matter. And he starts screaming that why does this ha have to be this? This was very this. reminiscent of him yelling in that episode we were talking yeah. about, where he finally loses it. I thought this was a fantastic callback. Mm. And instead of it being give him his life to save one person, he doesn't want to give one person's life to save nine million. And uh, he starts to say these random words and was like, just okay, just do it, do it, whatever. And then Donna starts to join in and starts saying the words, and ends with the word binary. Binary, binary, and Donna glows with regeneration energy, and uh, London starts to burn, and Donna comes back alive, and she says, I gave away my money. 
I gave, do you want to know why I gave away all my money and she's pissed? Because she wanted to be just like him and had a subconscious memory loop, making her act as soft as him and give away her money. And the daughter's like, oh, she's she's back, she's back. And they start to work together. And she says, well, how long have I got? And they both realize at the same time, she has 55 seconds left. And it's going to be the best 55 seconds of her life, she says. And they all get to work and explode the control panel and stops the ignition and reverses the destruction. And the, the literal fire under the ground closes up because it's resolved. I'm, I'm willing to bet it might be a reverse shot. Absolutely it so, is. Yeah. And um, Donna starts to sort of wobble and hits the floor and falls to the doctor's arms. And the meat calls for the doctor to be killed. And Donna's like, well, why did his face come back? Did it come back to say goodbye? It was good fun, she says. And she sh shuts her eyes and slumps around. Did you believe for a second? Did you believe for a second she was dead? No. No, 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 no. We've uh, got two, on, got two on, more hang episodes. On. Hang on. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah, I was like, no, I did because I went. Episodes, it went right. Isn't that a thing? I'll come back if I can. If I can die. Hmm. Oh, but then it becomes. Yeah, I don't know how much they got me to bite. They got me to bite. Yeah, yeah. And the doctor holds her tight and is surrounded by all these soldiers. And he's like, "I doesn't just just kill me. Do do whatever." And because the ship's not going anywhere, that doesn't matter. The beat. The meat was beaten by the doctor Donna again. A major part of series four. If you've not seen series four, yeah. I wonder if how this it, like gets you because this got me on an emotional level. And then the possessed soldiers just—they're not possessed anymore. It goes off, and they ask what happens. And Donna wakes up. And she says, "What?" So she, I guess the implication is she didn't die; she just passed out from all of it. Yep. What? How? And we start seeing these uh, these hands on a switchboard. And then Rose calls out, and she's she's doing it, and it's all safe. It's fine. The doctor realizes. Oh, it's all mumbo jumbo. She's all yeah. mumbo jumbo. It, it's it's an RTD finale. We're flicking switches. We're saying <laughs> some techno babble. The day's saved. The power of love. And because uh, the doctor says, well, Donna had too much power for one mind, but she had a child, and the meta crisis passed down that in, in uh, shared inheritance. And we go back to Donna when she says binary, and we cut to Rose as she says non-binary because they regenerate at the same time. And it, uh, they they then go, did you miss it? Did you miss it? Her name's Rose. She chose her name, Rose, like Rose Tyler. The shed, this is the biggest reach. The shed was her TARDIS. Uh, it was, like I, was a TARDIS. I was actually okay with this. <laughs> and then the toys with the creatures we oh, see like- I the, call BS on, on the I'm a Dalek. The Dalek is nothing like a oh, Dalek. But no, Dalek looks like she saw Mike Wazowski once is what it looks like. <laughs> My favorite is they have the car and there's a dog one, and that's from Flux. So God knows how the hell that one got into Rose's I appreciated mind. the Ood. Oh, the Ood was yeah, great. Yeah. They sing this. They have the the sound bites. You have like yes, yeah. no, go, blow, blow, and and all that. And the Cybermen. So there's some untold Cyberman story with Donna and the Doctor, I guess. And um, they they go the, the Doctor and Donna say, well, we we were binary, and Rose isn't because the Doctor's male and female, and neither and more, and Rose I. I've seen a lot of people hate this, but no, I thought I thought it makes the Doctor's always been like a very fluid character, even in like the seventies. They just didn't have a word for it at that time, so it's they've always skirted between it. This I like, I get it, and but and people go, oh, so she, the only reason she's trans is because she has the time lord thing, and that means they're saying non-binary people. No, they're not. They're not. They're just saying. Either way, Rose would have been trans. She just probably would have had a different name. And this has just been able for her to accept her own identity. 
it's helped her realize it. That's all it is. Now, help me it's out. It's not as deep. Help me out as as the yeah. old guy in the room, okay? Yeah. Non-binary. Now, uh, uh, explain this out to me because I, I need this to yeah. explain that to me. Because Rose is, as far as I was aware, Rose is presenting the entire episode as a female. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're right. So I, the, the non-binary thing slipped on me because I'm like, what's non-binary? So non, it's kind of like in between. So like the gender right. binary. I'm not male. Yeah. I'm not female. I'm somewhere yeah. in that spectrum. In, but Rose, spe- yeah. Up until this point, Rose has said nothing about this. Rose is presented entirely female. So I think is this Rose is like non-binary? a really, I think this is supposed to be a realization. I don't really know. I think it's more just supposed to be like showcase that the doctor them like as a as a as a plinth like as a time lord is and that's why because the two of them together were like going through like the doctor and donna were going through a binary because male and female yep. but because the doctors crossed over between gender now uh that's why but it came off to me like rose is the secret solution yeah and it was I, rose's non and rose repeats the non it felt yeah, like it was because I'm non-binary, but it was the first mention of Rose not being female. I think this and is, is that a bit a, weird and a bit dangerous if you're going, look, this is our our transsexual character. And I don't, going, I don't know. It, it was it was just weird yeah. for me. I just couldn't. I couldn't. It's a it's a thing because you can have like a non-binary trans person in the sense that they do transition and sure. they sort of they play with with gender in a different way. Sure, because sex, gender, two different things. I think it's supposed to be at this point Rose is like ex- like coming to terms with her own gender expression, but again, I th- I think it's also supposed to be like a representation of the the Doctor's gender or the Time Lord's. But again, I maybe should have needed another draft to fully expand upon just, that. It's a really it's a really nice moment. Yeah, but it needed a bit of explanation. Just earlier in the episode, it was quite clear the yeah. pronouns were she were her. Yeah. And you even I don't know if it's like she they, but well, you even had, yeah. but you even had a bit when they were talking to the meep, yeah. Where, where you easily the doctor's like you, I'm kind of fluid. You easily could have had Rose come in and go. For instance, minor she they, yeah. And then we're like, okay, they've established a non-binary element here. Yeah, it's. I think it needed that draft to foot because it's not glossed over, but we go, oh, cool. There's this thing. How? When they obviously this want this moment to be the big moment, yeah. but then when you look at it, there's a little bit of a, but how'd we get here? I'm fine with it in a vacuum, because I think it makes sense for what they're trying to showcase about the Doctor, and the Doctor has been non-binary, Agreed. and David Tennant's been very vocal about saying, no, I like that, and it helps because uh, David Tennant is the parent of like a trans non-binary kid, so like, oh, he, right? he und- yeah, he, like, he gets it, he understands. Cool. Um, I think, like, I think, because Shuti seems to be not like fluid, but a bit more like expressive. I was, so I was gonna ask you because yeah. I didn't know. I was gonna ask mm-hmm. you: Has there been any, um, has there been any revelations or scuttlebutt about how Shuti's going to present the Doctor? Because it feels like Shuti could be a vehicle by which to go a different, um, a more nuanced representation mm-hmm. of gender than we've had to this point. The uh, they're like little promo videos that Shooty's been doing for the last year, talking about Doctor Who for the uninitiated, and Shooty he uses like one of like they have a TARDIS, but that could also be in the sense that there's like seven hundred different Doctors, so or it could be like a generalization, or he's yeah. referring to the thir- fourteen Doctors who have come before him, which yeah, exactly, male and female, or just, but, or just or just yeah. plurals in general. 
yeah so that that's the thing and i'm i'm going through going, maybe maybe shooties is more of a, a, a like is it they in, in a generalization or like for this specific yeah. individual i i guess we're gonna wait but like i, I don't i think it's the, in the sense of gender whatever because even um because peter capaldi was very much like uh, his doc one of his final things is saying the time wars don't really have like a concept of gender or whatever we are we just exist as as we are and we just go with whatever so i think that's more like a an earth-based thing it also right. like, you know so the, the 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 it's everything's changed within 60 years things move from whatever like if you go back to the first doctor you're not going to be like oh yeah that's a that's a they them right there <laughs> like that that's that at that point that's william hart like william hartnell they didn't have the concept of the time or the, re or the regeneration it was the final ever episode the well, final episode of series one where they were like we're from another they they played that one they went into the final like the the 38th episode to go oh yeah susan the doctor we're we're aliens technically yeah so like you know, we're we're an ever expanding thing. I I never look too deep into it, but I go okay. That that's that's where we are now. This is sort of our our canon for 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 now. It could change in the future. I'm not bothered. And uh, we will reunite. And Sylvie even says to the doctor, you know, Wolf would be proud. My granddad would be proud. And that's all you're getting from me. And uh, the doctor calls down the meep who's trying to scheme and is boosted out of an escape pod and jettisoned into the sky and captured by the Roth warriors. And the sun rises over like a Wales Dockland, a Welsh Dockland, which is the London actually. And the doctor hands the meep over and uh, to the Roth warriors and the meep will be in, pri yeah, in prison for 10,000 years and will have revenge, it says. But there's one more thing. Because uh, a creature with two hearts is such a rare thing, so wait until the meep tells the boss. I immediately went, the boss has got to be Neil Patrick Harris, right? Yeah. And then, um, so they did, an, uh, there's an InVision commentary. If you if you want to get the audio commentary, they used to be on DVDs, but now we're just putting on an iPlayer and Disney+, Plus, which is cool. Uh, David Tennant was like, I don't know who, he could be lying. Oh, his, he's his, totally he lying. He could be lying. There is the implication maybe it's for for Shooty's era, which would be nice. Like you have some kind of thing to lead in. Yeah. But again, some people might just start with Shooty's first episode, and then. But this is this is that that this is that tease. This is that silence will fall, Doctor, in what the eleventh hour. What or, if the boss is the one who kills Tenant Two Point Oh? I'm a shoot. If if it is if it is um the toy maker, if it is uh Neil Patrick Harris, then yeah, that's what I'm assuming. I assume. Patrick Harris is going to get the, the the killing blow or whatever, um, because the the toy maker is like from '66. It's like I I hate the Doctor. How dare you do this? I will get you again one day. And then we never saw the toy maker again because yeah. they lost the budget. And uh, they teleported away, and the Doctor needs to handle the the meta crisis with Donna and Rose. And like, yeah, we already know. And the Doctor doesn't know. He knows nothing about this because it's a shame the Doctor isn't a woman because. The doctor doesn't get it. The, the the male presenting doctors don't get it. They need to sort of let go because Jodie's, again, it's caused contention because different readings. My reading is Jodie's doctor literally let go of her attachments and everything in that last episode to make peace. And now the doctor has to do the same because remember his last thing he ever said was, I don't want to go. So he needs to let go. And they let, they let go of the Metacrisis gene through the power of love i guess this i is, don't know this is crap this is absolute it's, crap it's it's it again like i said this it's is your, crap your, wrapped your up licking dials this is crap wrapped up in a um happy and little happy ending it's in, 
in a in a girl power moment is what it is. If you were yeah. a female representation, you'd have got this. But women, yeah. we can just let things go. At which point, at which point, Rose is back bad. fully on team on team woman. Right? I don't get it. I, I'm again. There is there is a there's probably a final draft somewhere that maybe need again. But we've got a, there's the, the novelizations like, are coming out, so I guess that will be. But I'm not using a novelization. How many episodes we got to get all these messages across? Three. Oh shoot, we're gonna have to do a bunch per episode. It's very quick to get to to different things. But uh, they hold hands. The the it's all gone, and and roses. She says uh, she's happy after all these years. She's finally her. So that's nice. And we go back to Camden and the doctor's ready to say goodbye and mentions, you know, unit, they'll, they'll repair the damages. So, uh, you know, while your house is being fixed, why don't we just go one last trip? And Donna says, you know, I'd love to, but she has her own adventure with Rose and her family. Rose wants to go inside and Donna's like, no, 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 no. Wait for Shooty's series. Because Rose will be a recurring character, apparently, according oh, okay. to Russell. So that's nice. And it's like, what if we go see Wilf? Because imagine his face learning about seeing the doctor one last time and not having to keep the secrets. And Sylvia says, okay, one when last When did the trip. Meep get back on board? <laughs> Jeez. Great. The meep and um, they go, it's like, just like the old days, the doctor and Donna back in the TARDIS and the pair enter in the TARDIS. He's very new. And last, last week you went, as long as the TARDIS isn't white, yeah, yeah. how do you feel? A, it's not permanently white. It's like a, it's like an LED board. You can do all yeah, sorts of like stuff. Yeah, it's like a pearlescent kind of thing with, with um, a switchboard. I think my issue with the white is um, circumvented by how big it is. Yeah. Because my issue with the white was that it was always a very claustrophobic TARDIS. And I think when I was saying white, I think what I was really referring to was the more compact nature of the TARDIS, which was mm. just... It happened to be both white and compact. Uh, this looked cool, and especially once you can start doing stuff with lights. I'm like, okay, you can still affect any sort of mood you want with. with and that's, that's all. That's all. All those lights uh, act independently yeah. through a switch thing, and they were like, it can spell stuff out. So I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be some big twist in like a shooty episode where they have like words blaring. And that's your cliffhanger, bad wolf or whatever. But no, it's it's got these uh, these corridors and ramps, and it's it's completely wheelchair accessible. I love the con I love the console unit. It's like kind of it's like white with sort of gold and brown, and there's a coffee machine. We'll come back to the coffee machine in a minute. And uh, Donna, oh, the doctor's so stupid. The doctor's giddy with joy, and I this is this is not acting. This is David Tennant just being a nerd. Here's and, the problem, yeah, because the 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 TARDIS sort of reinvents itself for every new Doctor. Are they really just going to have us for the three episodes? That feels like it's a lot oh, of. Oh, this is this is shooting. This is going to be shooters. Well, so how does that make sense? I don't know. Right. Apparently, it'll get revealed in the final episode if some way or whatever. I I just because the thing it's all practical. I can't imagine them be like, yeah, we built this massive million I, I agree. set. And I agree. Gonna, yeah, I, I'm sure this will this will this will be like. Let's be like Smith's TARDIS or like how, because, yeah. Because the Doctor revealing their TARDIS is such an important part of that first. I think maybe what are they going to wear for shooting? What are they going to wear? What's yeah. the, what's the uh, what's the the Sonic going to look like? What's uh, what's the TARDIS look like? These are important things. I and think... I, and no one mentioned how much bigger it looked on the inside. 
<laughs> even though it's it's massive. Oh, it's huge. Well, Donnie's even like, oh, it's gone even bigger. Yeah. And uh, she's like, why did this face come back? And the Doctor doesn't really dwell on it because the TARDIS has a coffee machine and he makes one for Donna and he remembers how she used to have it. And she takes the coffee and she's like, oh, I remember. Well, I lost, that's how I lost my first job, my last job, because I dropped coffee on a computer. And he says, well, yeah, I, I remember. I remembered every single second of, of, of it with Donna. And it's he's glad he's back because it, it really killed him when she had to say goodbye. And then Donna says, we'll just we'll have more days. You don't have to be so definite and say goodbye. Uh, we can spend time with her, with the family. See Rose in a school play where she can't act at all. I, she's really, really bad. And the Doctor's been given a second chance. And this is where it feels a little bit meta. This is like Russell sort of, he's, he's been given a second chance. He can do things differently this time. So why not do something completely new? Have some friends, do it all. And the Doctor says, okay, maybe. Because right now they're having coffee. What could go wrong? Oh no, Donna's done it again. She spilled coffee on the TARDIS. Yep. And the TARDIS starts to combust and sets on fire and it takes off. And Sean, Rose, and Sylvia watch as the TARDIS pulses and disappears. And Sylvia's even like, I knew this would happen. And Donna asks, what's going on? And the doctor doesn't know. And she says, it's, it's out of control. They could end up anywhere in time, in space. And that's our credits. It's a, it's a bit of a silly ending. It's um, it's a choice, but yeah, you know, that's oh, the star base. That was, was the ending of the star base. It was just the laziest ending to get them. What can go wrong? So they're out of. Oh, okay, here we are. I think you could have just had the because the the of it. They're teasing there's something wrong with this regeneration. So maybe the doctor just tries and does something, and the title's like, "Nah, piss off! What are you doing? This isn't the doctor." That would have been easier. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. But it's. It's what it is. Donna's still Donna, and she's causing crazy mayhem. That was this. What did you think of the Star Beast? It's trying to do a lot of things at once, isn't it? Um, yeah. It needs to be a David Tennant return episode, which it is. It needs to get Donna back up to speed, which it does. It needs to introduce us to a new series of characters, which it does. It needs to have a monster of the week, which it does. Uh, and it needs to set up some sort of scope for the next two, uh, which, yeah, I guess kind of does. Uh, there's a lot that has to take place. There are elements of it that I love. There are elements of it that I really didn't like. Um, and I imagine that's a lot of lapsed Who fans going back looking at this, going, "What are you here for? You're here for Tenant. That's that's that's, mm. that's 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 what you're here for." Um, the other stuff you have to try on and see, do you like it or not? I always make reference to this. This is like, um, this is like um, Degrassi, even Next Generation. This is like professional wrestling. This is like a number of things. It's like, it's like the new Star Wars movies where you bring back some classic members and the desire is that when they're gone, they've got enough of a rub, these new characters, from hanging out with the classic characters that we then accept them and embrace them and run with them once yeah. the classic characters are gone. That is the purpose of this. Um, and right now that's 100% manifested in Rose, who I think Rose gets a pretty good treatment. I'm not, I'm not, mm -hmm. I wasn't against Rose. Uh, Rose is the most perfect character if it ever was. Rose doesn't have a flaw. <laughs> that's my issue is that Rose doesn't have a flaw. Mm. Uh, it's like when you read Inspector Calls, Eva Smith doesn't have a flaw. So, yeah. you know, Donna Noble, she's hot-headed. Her mother is controlling and arguably a bit mean. Wilf is a bit naive but heartfelt. The doctor himself even makes mistakes in this episode. Rose mm. doesn't make a single mistake. Rose doesn't have any flaws. Rose is, the per Ro Rose is perfect. Rose's only mistake is being too nice to a, what looks like a, an, an injured she's creature. Trusting yeah. and wants to help. 
Also, he's just like Wolf. So to flesh out yeah. the character, you're going to need something because I think the you know Wolf's a little bit of a dithering old man who's a bit of fake. Yeah. That's that's not who Rose is. Um, so there's that because Rose is obviously going to be important. They're they're, they're definitely yeah. hitting me with that. So it'll be interesting to see what the character has going for them beyond, um, beyond perfection. That can be the difference when you're trying to make a character mm-hmm. like who represents an underrepresented uh, portion of the population, especially if you're trying to evoke so- social change or or yeah. or even just perception of, of things. Um, is you want to make sure you don't. Uh, we talk about othering them. The other, the other perfect yeah. character in the universe is the woman, the woman in the wheelchair, and uh, although she's not as big a character, so you can forgive that yeah. a bit. But what do you do? We're trying to we're trying to circumvent or or counteract all the negative representations that have happened for so long, uh, and, and and God knows transsexuals have had a terrible rep mm. in, in. I appreciate in, in, as in well, mass media, the meat, which is kind of also like in a in a gender neutral way. Big biggest bastard of the episode. Well, come on, I mean, yeah, okay. I, know, so, I know. So the puppets gender neutral. Yeah. Big whoop. Uh, <laughs> as, as a, there was someone. There's an evil. Tra- there's a transgender alien. I'm like, okay, no, but yeah. sure. If if you want to get angry, go ahead. As every, I mean, every every Dalek is junior is gender neutral, or not? Technically, yeah. Like yeah. they're just so like, like da- just, Daleks have a concept. Daleks they, are they Daleks. Have all past gender or yeah, sex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. um but but when you have Aliens, these things, man. it's about making sure that it's give a positive presentation, but let's mm. not make them flawless. It's a term for this, and I don't remember what it is. Damn it, mm. Mary Jane. It's like it's like Mary um, Jane. Mary Jane. Something like that. Anyway, mm. I'm sure I'm. I'll I'll find it somewhere. I might incorporate it. In, it's like a little editor. Ethan says. But no, I'm I, I'm st- I'm still I'm sticking by my. It was a fun Saturday night like family episode. I, I watched it. I l- watched it when I aired and I went, oh, this is fun. Um, I think if like I don't think it's Russell's strongest thing, but I think it also has that job of trying to get back old fans and also bring in new fans and also people who are all still watching. And I think it does it in the safest, maybe the most ham fisted, but easy way it can here are our players here's what we're gonna do donna is returned to a state that we can go back as if it's 15 years ago we have this character we have that we're doing this thing now we get on to like this is this is your starter now you get the meat and potatoes and then your final episode and it's it's fine it's paced that way it's structured that way which is uh, fine i guess but like it's it's enjoyable it satiated me for next week because the fun thing with next week is what, because my thing is, I kind of guessed what would happen at points just because of, you know, how they advertised it. They've not shown a damn thing for next episode. No, it's good. It's good. They the, Even even the, the synopsis, they were like, I the Doctor and is, Donna find themselves on a adventure. I hope this is a new thing, because I always hate mm. the Doctor who gives away everything. That's the thing. I, I also, I appreciate that about the Chibnall era. They did it to their detriment at points where they didn't reveal anything. People hadn't seen anything. Yep, but they kept everything under lock and key. Yep. The most I know about the next episode is it's called Wild Blue Yonder, and there are three cast members that they've redacted the names from the from the episode thing, like the preview in the Doctor Who magazine, because it would be a spoiler. And the only thing I know about the final episode is it's clearly Tennant's final one, and Neil Patrick Harris is playing the toy maker because that's it. Anything could happen, and I like that I don't know a, a single thing about 
this episode because now we're on the same wavelength. Yep. We're on the same. We're all in the same boat now. There we go. It's not like going. I read this comic from the 1980s. You don't know. Like now, it's we all don't know what to expect, and I like that. Um. So I guess I just want to jump what, in. It's called. Yeah. A, it's called a Mary Sue. Oh yeah, Mary Sue. Yeah. That that time always gets used so for everything, and I always find it so frustrating. But it's it's like an actual term, but it's always used in the wrong way. Yep. Mm. Uh, so what was uh, what would you like favorite moment or element? Oh, I mean everything tenant. It was just it, mm. it, it was a seamless reintroduction to the world. It didn't feel like fifteen years, which yeah. which shows him getting old. Um, but it was it was the best part of a revival, and those aren't easy to do. And yeah, they yeah. kind of yada yada and talk their way through it. But <laughs> I don't care. We're gonna have a doctor and Donna, who isn't my favorite companion. Uh, but I like her. I like her, mm. and, I, and and I'm and I'm and I'm here for it, and ready to see. And you're holding back Wilf on me because I'm. Mm. Can, well, obviously, we we know there's some sort of thing. There's some sort of Bernard Cribbins. Um, yeah. Well, there, there's um the behind the scenes thing. They showed yeah. Bernard Cribbins at the table reading, so he's so, definitely. So yeah. I think they'll wait for that to the third. Now I think that is. I'm okay is. with that. That's honestly. that's our emotional goodbye. Is we'll say goodbye yeah. to everybody, and that includes Bernard Cribbins in in episode mm. three. So uh, my favorite parts are everything to do with the fact that Tenet is back, and we got the gang back together, and uh, it felt it felt like old friends getting back together. Like, like yeah. the, the, the old adage of friends who it can be years, but you get back together. It's like nothing, no time's passed. Nothing's changed. That's what I had here. Mm. Uh, it, it's the same, but it's also, I, I love the way that they, I really like how they handled Rose. I think the, the writing, if a bit, a bit heavy handed at points, I think did it, it did its job for what it needed to do. I think Yasmin Finney was really good in this. I saw some people go, when she first meets the meat, it's not great, but everything after, oh, oh. The, the writing's yeah. terrible. I mean, there's only so much you can do. You can talk, and they're wow. acting, and, the, and, yeah. and she's acting opposite a puppet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, all right, no, 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 yeah. I, that's that's a bit unfair. Yeah, but like everything, everything other than like that little thing, which is on, it's marred by like you know the basic writing there. She does, she does so great, especially for second ever like appearance in anything i think she does very very yeah, well respectfully I, I don't i don't really give any credence to that um mm. if if you're not the right person for the job you shouldn't have a job you're yeah. in doctor who if it's your second good on you but i'm not mm. gonna, i'm not giving any sway for the fact that it's someone's <laughs> yeah. second gig no i thought i thought the jo- i thought it was well done definitely and hung with people who are steeped in lore and history and are mm. just talented actors no 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 it was it, it was a, it was a good performance yeah a uh, little grumble. I think we might be tied on this. Oh, it was just. I mean, the, the quick one is the Sonic and all the stupid things that you yeah. do now. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit heavy handed. It's a yeah. bit heavy handed. And I get it. Don't run away from your critics. Steer into it. Yeah, I, I get that mm. and power to you. Uh, it felt like there were a lot of messages happening at once. And I was like, you probably could have done with, make this the Rose one. I mean, you only get three episodes. So what do you do with the yeah. unit? I don't know. Just say, save them for shooties or whatever. But again, yeah, this yeah, is save the, for the tenant one. Yeah. yeah, you could have, why don't, you could have her on the phone behind the desk and you can make the reveal that she's in a wheelchair with shooty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's one of those things. It's yeah. one of those things where I think... Don't be wrong. There's a, there's a positive message coming out about handy capability. Um, mm. 
she's better with that wheelchair than some of those aliens were with guns in their hands. I mean, like, just think about the aiming qualities. It can't be that mm-hmm. easy. Um, but, yeah, I guess it would just be that. Those those, those are mine uh, there. It was nothing egregious. They're just minor mm-hmm. grumps on my part. Yeah. The pacing's, like, a little bit sporty at points. We we go from being, like, really quick to sort of slowing down, and that third, the third act really ramps up when you need to. But, again, it's... It's the se- we've been saying this for like a year and a half since we first started. Who do you think you are? It is the Russell T Davies third act finale. Yeah. How do we? Res- it, it's the resolution, and I'm just I'm just, sure- just talk some mumbo jumbo and yeah, talk some mumbo jumbo, flick some switches, and everything was resolved. Mixed him with a little bit of the power of Christmas. We're just gonna will yeah. the energy out of us. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, no, cool. it's 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 one of those things and i'm sure like on a because again i've seen it twice the second time it wasn't as frustrating but it's still one of those ah they do that thing and okay whatever yeah. i'm on on to the next one because yeah. you know it this is this is the first act of a uh, technically a three-act story they're, they're interlinked but also not so i'll see where we go from there so i guess it's our, our ratings um as a monster of the week the meep was fine and the reveal was fun. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, it made up for some of the really annoying parts with the meat there was. <laughs> when you do an episode like this, it's like when we did uh, episode one of the Loki thing. Yeah. You got you to gotta get yourself, okay, what, did you, what corner have you written yourself into? Get yourself out of it. That's what episode yeah. one's for. And that's what it's yeah. done. Um, oh, I guess I'll go up for the fact that it's, it's, it's the six. Why not? I'll go eight and a half. I was going to go eight. I'll, okay. go, I'll go eight and yeah. a half. Um, yeah, I r- liked it. It's not going to be one I'm going to go like, oh, what are the best episodes ever? But everything I wanted to come away from this episode with, it did that. It, it surpassed my expectations. Mm. So, yeah, eight and a half. I've been talking between seven and a half and eight, and I think I, I'm being a little bit judgmental just because I it, it's that. And I was thinking, because we did a Power of the Doctor last week, and I have some major issues with the power of the doctor and i'm thankful this is 55 minutes compared to an hour and a half because yep. this under it it stays for as long as it needs to it doesn't like overstay its welcome it's exactly what i need it was it was an hour and i had some fun and then i could enjoy the rest of my evening yep i i'm gonna go i'm gonna go eight just because like i have it this is it's fine this is this is my force awakens of it if the next one it gets to like go go high which it it could it could not but i'm i'm having a really good time with with these specials if this is like if this is the lowest i'm gonna go i'm i'm all for it this is a quality which i'm i'm happy to have again uh so you know where where are you heading where are you are you excited what are you expecting with wild blue yonder because there's not really a a tease it's just that they've gone an adventure they're somewhere and the tarnis is gone nothing i think episode two is uh we're out there in space and we're going to yeah. find some stuff. And then episode three, I think we 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 come back to London. So yeah. I'm ready for almost like a vacuum episode where it's the Doctor and Donna, one last independent story. Yeah, that's what I think. I think yeah. I think we're up for. I um that that's always fun. I think because the way that they were like, this is the family friendly one. This the next one, while Blue Yonder is the scary one, and the third one, the giggle is the uh, is like the no hold bars like balls to the wall episode so i'm i'm excited to see what they do with the, with the scariness here because yeah. their directing has been very solid so far um that has been uh 
this week's episode of Who Do You Think You Are. It's cool that we, it's like with Loki, we'll be back next week to do episode two of the specials, the Wild Blue or Wild Blue Yonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know nothing about this one. We only know it's got Tenon and Catherine Taylor, which is always exciting. Uh, when this comes out, we would have released be Monday, so tomorrow we'll be releasing the JFK. episode of JFK. Uh, somewhat linked to Doctor Who in in one morbid way, I guess. And then I uh, I don't know if there's anything else coming down the pipeline for this week or uh, Liam and I should be dropping a see it or skip it on um Al- not Alexander Napoleon. Yeah. I don't know if that'll yeah it'll be after us. Oh, wait, what, what day are we releasing this? I have no uh, idea. It's tomorrow, anymore. so it'll be, it'll be Monday. Oh, it's Monday. What, yeah. what, what, what 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 are we what are we calling this? I called this beep the meat Monday. I'm hoping to God oh, there is something with an yeah. M next week. Well, there we go. We can do that. <laughs> and then the next week, can, the, the final one can be Toy Maker Monday because he's the celestial toy maker. So I, I'm safe. Oh, you're, you're not too often you do the alliterative bit with the second syllable. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm struggling here, man. Yeah, we can we we can figure something out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, if that's Monday, Tuesday, probably sometime around Wednesday or Thursday, we'll drop uh, we'll drop the Napoleon. Liam and I went and saw it, and have have uh, thoughts and feelings. I'm sure to share on that. So we will uh, we'll, we'll 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 touch base on that later in the week. Yeah, it's it's uh, going to be a bit of a busy season coming up for the BFE as yeah. we run towards the end of the year. Wonderful. So if you've enjoyed this episode, or you have any thoughts or you want to tell us what you thought of this episode, we are on Twitter at Best Film Ever Pod. Uh, we're also on Instagram. I think it's the same thing. And our email is still bestfilmeverpod at gmail.com. We have a Patreon if you want to get involved and be in our group chats and, and have your say on uh, the reviews of the episode of movies we do. Uh, you know, our BFE Patreon, uh, Fantasy Football just, Leagues, just, and our just Music f- League. Just a yeah. fun community with all sorts of community. stuff coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I've been Ethan. And I've been Ian. And we will see you next week, or hear you next week, or you will hear us next week, for the second episode of these specials, Wild Blue Yonder. And if there's one thing I guess I can leave it with is... Meet me. Allons-y!